Hi, y'all. My name is Danasia, and I'm a 22-year-old type A black girl from Las Vegas who just moved to New York City last year to work for L'Oreal as a financial analyst. Hey, y'all. My name is Faith, and I'm a 23-year-old type A black girl from AZ living in Denver, working remotely for Cisco as a business analyst. This season is finally here, and we can't wait to share more about our personal lives, working big girl jobs, relationships, and life in general as type A black girls. Hope you enjoy. Hi guys, so welcome. Hi everyone, welcome to season six, episode eight. Welcome back. We're back. Um, we have two more episodes in the season, which is crazy. I feel like this honestly blew by. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. moms. Very, very fast. Very, very yeah. fast. Well, this potentially could be eight or nine. We'll leave, it up, to we'll, we'll leave it up to the editor. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going on once I put all these put all these uh these clips together. Yeah. Um. So yeah, depending on when you guys are hearing this. Uh, regardless, we have hit one year in corporate, as you guys can see yeah. by the title. So let's go ahead and dive into one year in corporate after we get through Rosebud and Thorn. Um, of course, we have our little class announcements per use, guys. Um, yeah. Make sure y'all read y'all book, One of Us is Lying, part three. You don't have okay. to have attended the previous um, meetings that we've had to come to the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one will be on October 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern. So, yeah. you know, we're going to be sending out the link beforehand, too, so you guys can join and talk about the book club. And hopefully y'all join because last time it was just me and Faye looking at each other. Just recapping what our notes were, just giggling. I mean, we ended up having a catch up call, but that wasn't the objective. Right, right. So, you know, get on y'all Zoom, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then click the link in our link tree also to join our Type A Black Girls group me. Um, we'd be talking up in there and dealing with bots, <laughs> as y'all know. Yeah. Um, so please join as soon as you can. And finally, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're at 150 sits. We're trying to get to 200, and I think we can do it. We got two more episodes, so yeah, I think we're in there, moms. Absolutely. Um, let's get straight into our rosebud and thorn. Um, so I had a very eventful weekend. Um, Friday, it was get Chinese food from this really good Chinese food place. I'll put on the story. Mm. Um, like I, and it was cheap too, and I still have leftovers. Mm. And it's Sunday. I got this Friday. Yeah. So it's lasted me two meals and it's probably going to, I'll probably finish this today just so I don't leave it until Monday. Um, my bud is two, two buds actually. Um, I've talked about this in past episodes, but by the time this episode comes out, um, I'll be starting my hundred days posting. Cause I'm like, we really got to lock in. We really got to lock in. So yeah. I've been, I've been trying to get into like how to make my TikTok grow and all that stuff. I'm doing TikTok, Instagram and YouTube. So just figuring out, each day what I need to do so I'm on track because if I do Lola will buy me a camera so and I've been wanting one since I was 18 like the, all the YouTube girlies have cameras and it's feel like if I do this it's time to get a camera so that's where we at also I have Monday off and I we Cisco has this thing called days for me and I don't be keeping track of those but my manager sent out like a notice like hey nobody work on Monday I have never seen a notice like that and been like Thank the Lord, because I <laughs> day off. Like I have had such an intense past three weeks since I got came back from Mexico. It's been a lot for me. Um, and then uh, finally, I am still my period. Um, don't know when it's going to stop. According to my birth control, it should be the next Friday. So we'll see. As long as I'm off, my, I'm off my period by the time I go to even Florida. I'll give it until Florida. I will be fine. I just, I, I truly. I'm just not a tampon girly. I I just, I tried it. Yes. I eighth grade. We had to go 
to the, uh, the swim part for our eighth grade graduation. So I told my mom, I said, I came home, I said, I need, I need a tampon. She said, okay, you want me to show you how to, I said, no, I got it. Looking at that box, standing on top of the counter in the bathroom, one leg on looking top. Looking in the mirror. Looking in the mirror, mind you, it was halfway in, literally had to end up wearing shorts to my, to my eighth grade graduation swim park event. And yeah, I, that that those were sad times and honestly i i tried to get in college i felt like a woman because i did it but they're just not comfortable for me they're i, I just yeah. feel like maybe maybe if i dip it in some aloe but i don't know if i just want to be dipping stuff and you know so. you know the dipping and the transfer it's it's a lot i'm not gonna hold yeah. you and, so and honestly my mom didn't even allow me to wear them like she was like bro you're not doing that my mom was very strict about that she said you're not doing that so literally pad girl through and through and then, like when I get when I got to college, I was like, okay, you know, like we need to figure something else out because <laughs> I just I was like, you know, I feel like I'm literally wearing a diaper sometimes. So let me figure something out. Like unless it's nighttime, of course, like I'm chill with that, or I'm at home. But if I'm like on the move and going places and doing stuff, like I need something that's a little bit really? easy. Yeah. Really? So now, yeah, now, I'm, now I'm a tip on girly through and through. I was for a bit because I really did feel like an adult, like putting it. I just really felt like an adult, but I was just like. Let's be, I'm going to be comfy. And again, if comf- comfort or sleep are on the docket, I got to pick that. That just went, that's it. faith. That's faith. So yeah, um, it, but it's been, it's been panty liners right now because it's very much question mark. I don't, I thought my period was done yesterday, done bled through my pants. And on, on the weekend, I, girl, I didn't even finish my weekend. I went straight into my butt. Yesterday on Sunday, I, we woke up, um, I got my nails done. Sonia ate. Honestly, Sonia mm. ate. Like, I have always been very scared of the girls that, like, that don't carve their French tips. They paint on French tips. Because I'm just like, it's, don't, it's not going to look the same. This is the closest I've got to what my girl Kayla used to do back in Arizona. Mm. If you're, if you are in Arizona, go to Sets by Kayla, tell her face into, that's that, that she's my girl. She will be doing the, my nails for my wedding. Let's just say that. Um, and then we went to my little neighbor's kid's. Uh, I've talked about her. She'd be running and knocking on the door playing Fortnite with us. She, um, we went to her soccer game and her mom was like, her mom, her brother, little brother talking about some, yeah, she did tiger mom. She yelling at her. Hurry up, defense. Like just going ham. And we're, it's just, I'm just giggling. I'm like, oh, get the ball, get the ball. Mine, these are seven, seven, eight year olds. Like, right. Just, <laughs> I'm like, this is but it's giving world cup. It's giving world, world cup. Because I'm not going to no world cup. So. That was fun. And she's like, I told her if she can make it a goal, I'll give her $100. Why'd she make a goal? She said, oh, I got to get her the $100. Mind you, she yelled yeah. at, her, at her to get the the thing. Anyways, um, that was fun. Then we went to a shooting range. First time shooting a gun. Bullets getting in my boobs, get hitting me in the face. Mom, there was this baby. He couldn't have been any older than eight. Any older, even nine. Nope, that baby was, that baby was probably six or seven. Shooting a Looney Tunes gun, mom. Wait, and I'm the, not over bullets in the boobs. What 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 was going on? No, I didn't realize when you shoot, they be going everywhere. I had glasses. I had Lola had to put his noise canceling AirPod Pros in on top of the things because the gunshots were so loud, it was reverberating me, and I was getting motion sick. Like it was so much. And then old boy had like this target rifle over there on the side. Every time he shot, I had to go because it truly was making me motion sick and overstimulated. Moms, it was crazy. The uncles and brothers and dad was filming a baby shooting the Looney Tunes gun. It, there was a lot, a lot going on. Oh my God. 
I was like, and yeah. I'm over here being like, oh, I need to get me a little, a little, a little, a little peep. So no, in mom, case somebody come up on me, you feel it, mom. Like you, like you feel it through your whole body when you shoot it. Like it was crazy. And then like you, I should be having an attitude with Lola in the first place, but I really shouldn't be having an attitude with when Lola's trying to teach me, teach me how to shoot a gun. Cause he like, he prefaced, he was like, Hey, this is how you do it. We practice in the car without the clip or whatever. And I was like, I was feeling good. And he was like, you got to take your hand off the trigger when you hand it to me. You got to take it. <laughs> And then, like, I couldn't hear. I was getting overstimulated. I, the music was playing in my ears, and I had to pause it. I couldn't hear. And he was like, Faith, like, you can't have an attitude with me here. Like, I, I got to put my foot in there. You can't. I was like, okay. All right. Yeah, that's, that's, right. Honestly, the gun range is the last place we beefing with your man. And, and you're, absolutely, you're absolutely correct. And I, it was, I don't even know what I was giving my attitude. I think it was because he, he was trying to tell me something. And I, and I was trying to load the bullets. I wasn't loading them in right. Every time it would get stuck, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like, but I got it. I got it. And I really tried when Lola, when I try to do Lola stuff, I really try to be like, I really try to understand how it's fun. And I kept on trying to go. I simply just couldn't. I was just like, you know what? I would go back. But the sound, the sound is what really got me. It was that so sounds really overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. Was, I've never it, been to one, but it sounds really overwhelming. Yeah. It was, I'm glad I did it because I, I, I really, I need to know how to operate the gun if anything happens. And mm-hmm. I'm glad for that reason, but like, and to, and to do something that is his hobby and not mine. Cause we do a lot of stuff that's me related because it's just like, I don't like doing boys stuff, but you know, we did it then, you yeah. know, to balance everything out, we um got massages, use that HSA card. Oh goodness, Freck. I was having the time of my life. Well, and they're like hostile. They say, Yeah, put it on there. Like, what? Why? It's not my money. I mean, it's my money, but it's not my money for real. It's not my, not in my pocket. So, yeah, swiped that card, felt good about that. And then Trader Joe's, and we knocked out for probably two hours. It was a full day. That's a day. A day. And I was like, This is my type of, this is my type of weekend. I like day activities. I love day activities. And I, and I like to be comfy. Like that day activities, comfy. Good and fresh. So a very wholesome, we can say the very least. Today is very much like there's currently pre-poo in my hair. Tap into that group me because I'm going to drop the pre-poo. I'm going to gatekeep here to, to force y'all to get in that group me. Exactly. And then um, today's wash day and then tomorrow I have tomorrow, tomorrow I have off. So Lobby's going to come and we just go and chill together. So it's it's been a really fun weekend. And I'm really glad that I was shocked that it was extended because I needed an extended weekend. Because Freck, it's it's been rough at work, I will say. What about you? I was gonna say, I feel like Loki having a day off and you don't realize you had a day off is better than taking it off. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm lit. I'm lit. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So for me, um, this week was actually fun too. I'm not gonna hold you. Like yesterday, especially, I went to the Little Italy Festival, and not even not even intentionally. Uh, me and my friends were going to Soho because uh, my one friend's going to see Beyonce next weekend in Houston. Well, I'm in Houston too, and she needs something silver. So we were like, okay, girl, like let's go and just explore Soho and see what we can find because there's a lot of like really cute boutiques down there. Um, our, we go, we go. First of all, we 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 get down there. Why is our favorite boutique ever closed? Literally no. boards on the wall, like like boarded up. It's called Peaches and Cream. If you know, you know. It's downtown in Soho, and it has like it's so cheap. It's really like. It's like Shop Akira, if you guys have been on that site, but like dumb cheap. And mm. you can literally find the cheapest, cutest outfits in there, literally boarded up. And I was like heartbroken, like fell to my knees in front of the store. Like, no way. So we didn't even find her an outfit. Now I'm thinking about it. We literally did not find her an outfit because um, we were supposed to meet up at a Starbucks later. 
I go to the Starbucks and I start walking around because I'm surprisingly the first one there. And that's crazy because yeah. usually I'm late, okay? And they were taking bets on, oh, is an Asian going to be late? Da, 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 da. So I said, you know, I'm about to prove everybody wrong today and be early. Yes. So I was actually, well, no, I wasn't early. I was on time, but you know. So yeah. I get there at like 12 and I'm still waiting for them. So I decided to just like walk around. I somehow found this like old cathedral that people were going in and looking at. And it was literally so beautiful. Mom's like, I'm no Catholic, but I'll say they ate with the with with the design. <laughs> Crazy start. Crazy start. So Catholic? I feel like Roman Roman Catholic designs oh. and like architecture and stuff is so beautiful. Like yeah. I literally was in the cathedral, like, wow, I even sat on a pew for about five minutes just looking. <laughs> just vibing it was so beautiful and my music like I had my music in my ear in my airpods and um it started playing and I said bro I I cannot listen no to sexy red in church like please cut off off. I literally ripped that I literally feel like I was sinning I literally ripped the airpods out and just sat in silence because I said no way sexy red just started playing I can't listen to Hellcats, scat packs, SRT. No, mm-hmm. we in the Roman cathedral. Yeah. So um, I was exploring the Roman cathedral, and then I found this Italian fest. Uh, it's called San Panaro. San Panaro. I'm sorry if I butchered that, but yeah. it's called San Panaro. I only say that because I posted a TikTok about it, and some guy um commented and was like, "It's not called the Little Italy Fest. It's called the San Panaro Fest." You, uh, hold on, let me pull up what he said because I, I, I don't know what it meant. I googled it and it means basically like, uh, um, what did he call me? It's called San Gennaro. Have some respect, you Gavon. And I said, Did you just call me a slur? And me, <laughs> me and Lizzie looked it up, and apparently it means someone that eats pizza a lot. Like, okay, but I, I think that's code for the N word. I don't know. I read it as the N word. So, um, some guy comments on my TikTok that it's called San Gennaro, whatever. So the official name is called the San Gennaro Fest, but mm-hmm. it was a little Italy fest, okay? Yeah. And um, I found that, and I was like, oh shoot, we can explore that. So we ended up just spending our whole day um exploring the San Gennaro Fest. They had like, if you have a chance to go before this, when this comes out, it ends on September twenty fourth. Um, they had all these really cute boat booths. Like we went to a jewelry booth and got all these like custom um, rings and stuff. Like you can build your own pendants. Like oh, wow. and it's dirt cheap. Like literally, I got like three pendants for ten dollars, and like oh, you wow. can just mix and yeah, like literally so cute. They had cute rings. Um, they had literally all these Italian um food trucks. Like you can get any type of pasta you want, calzones, cannolis, everything. So it's on um. It's on. Actually, I'm gonna post what what the what the crossroads are in case anybody's in New York and wants to go. But it was really fun, so I recommend you go. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my rose because I had a good time at that. And my thorn is that um, my friend Peyton, if y'all already know her, my bestie, she sent me my early Christmas, I mean my early birthday gift, and it was like a perfume, right? And it was a Victoria's Secret perfume, and it smelled so good. So I sprayed it like all over. Moms, I don't know what's been going on with my skin, but I feel like lately, like. I'll spray something or put on a new lotion or something and I'll start breaking out. I don't know why. And my mom was like, oh, you know, like as you get older, your skin changes, yada, yada, yada. And that is true because my, my yeah. face skin changed. Like I used to have like, like really, really oily skin. Now my skin is very dry. So yeah. like I knew that, that like, you know, your, your skin does change as you get older, but I sprayed that moms. And when I tell you, I woke up the next morning and my whole arm was like 
almost in highs. <gasps> and I was like literally sitting here wrecking my brain. Like, oh my God, what did I eat? What happened? And I clicked, it clicked. It was the perfume. And I realized all my other perfumes, like when I sprayed them, I'd be a little itchy afterwards. And I'm like, I spend way too much money investing in a perfume collection for me to start becoming allergic to like things that have scents in them. Cause I realized if I wear something that's very plain, like I don't have any issue. Like I, I won't, I won't itch, but if I wear something that like has a scent to it, I'll be, I'll notice I'll start scratching throughout the day and be like, Oh my God, my arm's a little itchy, but it didn't click until this one. I don't know what, what's inside this formula, but this perfume literally had my whole arm broken out from when I sprayed it. No. And my mom was like, I told you that we're one of the family. Da, 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 da. And I used to literally get so mad at her because on Mother's Day and her birthday, I'd always buy her like bath and body work stuff and she would never use it. And I'd be like, mom, I spend all this money on your gifts to get you some nice perfumes. You never use it. And she's like, it makes me break out. Da, da, da. And I thought she was exaggerating. No. Now I get it. And I literally have all these perfumes. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I literally have a whole drawer. That's literally my favorite hobby is collecting perfumes. And now I'm starting to get allergic. So long story short, I'm gonna just get some some ointment and just spray and just deal with the side effects. Like it's giving people that are lactose intolerant and keep drinking milk. Yeah. I'm gonna just have to deal with it because I'm not about to not smell good. So it is what it is. What if you put Vaseline on first as like that barrier? I could give that? that a shot. I could give yeah. that a shot. I've also been thinking of just spraying my clothes. Like smart. Same effect, you know? Um, or just not spraying it directly on my skin. But yeah, bro, I was heartbroken. Like I literally woke up in tears damn near because I said, no way. That's literally like hundreds of dollars down the drain if I'm allergic yeah. to these perfumes. Like, Frick. yeah, sick work. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Not. And, and jewelry lately, like my mom has always said, like um, she knows she knew my sister and I were bougie as kids because we'd wear fake jewelry and our ears would break out. And it hasn't done that since. Like I was like way younger. And I had these like earrings I bought off Sheen. Girl, I took them out. Why was my whole earlobe like red and inflamed? No. And I was like, is this just because I got it off Sheen and maybe there's something going on with Sheen? Yeah. But I feel like probably not. Cause then I wore like a like a like these earrings I got for my birthday last year, like real earrings, like real gold and not breaking out. And I said, you know what? My body's cost me too much money right now. Yeah. Them little two, three, yeah, them little two, three dollar earrings on Sheen is real convenient. And I'm not trying to buy no real Ooh, gold like, all the time. And they can be really cute. Real cute. Cuter than Loki, the real stuff. I'm not gonna hold you. Yeah. And I lose earrings too fast. Like I have to Thank buy you. Them. I literally said that. I was like, I'm so careless. Like, I don't know what I'll do if I ever get engaged, because I really am deathly afraid of losing a ring. I'm not going to hold you. A promise ring is a good starter. I told my mom before I got my promise ring, I was like, I'm going to have to wear my engagement ring on a necklace. And she goes, that means your husband is dead. I said, oh, oh. all these rules. Like, Greg, like, I just wanted to not lose the ring. But I will say, as long as it can't hit, move, get past this knuckle that easily, you're good. Okay. I've had this on for like two, three years. Like, this is the longest thing other than my body. This is the longest thing I haven't lost. That's insane. Mom, because I just, I just, I'm oblivious. I really am. I'm just like, yeah. and then when you're going to sleep, you don't want these earrings in. So you put them on, throw them on the floor, throw them on your drawer. I'm like, okay. Rest well, now I wake up. I'm like, where'd it go? And I can't find it. Every time. I lose things too quickly. And realistically, like, I, I just don't be knowing all them rules. I would have never known about the, the necklace on a, the ring on a necklace thing. Yeah. I went to go pick up some rings yesterday at the Italian Fest. 
And I, I saw this little pineapple. I was like, oh, that's so cute. So I put it on. And my friend Lizzie was like, oh, girl, you know, if you wear a pineapple upside down, that means you're a swinger. Yep. What? Because I would have been outside with, with the upside down pineapple just thinking it looks cute. Like, I, how? I genuinely yeah. had no idea. Oh, when when we go on the cruise, I was like, because it's, it's adult only, like swingers can be there. So if I see any type of pineapple, I'm not even going to eat pineapple on that cruise. Can't. Mm-mm. I didn't even know pineapple was code for that. Like, I had no clue. So I, I feel like I need to just, just, just go on a Reddit thread or something and just start reading more, reading more about what these rules are. <laughs> I can't be caught up in no mess like that. I really can't. Um, oh, that's amazing. So yeah, that, that's my, that's my thorn. And my bud is that I'm surprising my grandparents um, in December. I finally bought the plane ticket to go to Austin in December and oh, surprise my oh. grandpa. Um, my grandma's planning a surprise birthday party for him. So we're finally getting like all of my dad's side family together to surprise him. Period. And I think I said this before on the pod. Um, they wanted me to go to Aruba because um, they have like a wedding they're going to. And they're going to set me up on a blind date with some random boy. Yeah. That's apparently my, my age and goes to their church. I don't know who that man is, but I'm not meeting him. Right. So I'm not going on the Aruba trip. My grandpa was upset. He's like, oh, Nasia, we wish you could be there. Da, 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 da. You know, I'm not going to see you. Da, da. I said, he didn't even know. I'm about to see him literally in a couple months. Like, you sit, sit tight. So, um, yeah, so I'll be in Texas again. This is like three times in Texas this year. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but Texas has been calling me. Like, I really would live in Houston. It's just too hot. It is, it is, but I, you know, I'm used to Vegas weather where like the heat is heat. Like, bro, even me coming from Phoenix, like, I like a dry heat. That's true. That wet heat. That's true. My well, I will say, you said what? I will say the humidity will have your skin glowing mm. and your hair flourishing. Like, when I was in Vegas, my hair was so dry because I was literally in the desert. Like, you yeah. have to just be OD with everything. Like, hella yeah. moisturizers, hella hydrators. Like, here, skin on 10, humidity's on, like, a sits, but, like, skin on 10, hair on 10, like, no worries. East Coast weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I definitely, I, I do enjoy the East Coast weather until we start getting cold. Like, really oh, cold. Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. I am not looking forward. Soon, me and Danaja will be in the same state. We're not going to say which. And let's just say I'm not excited for the jackets that I'm going to have to pick. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll quite literally be in the thick of it at that at that that time as well. So yeah, I'll see. I mean, maybe we can give like Winter Girl core and and take some cute Puffer Girl jacket. It's trying to make light of the situation because it's yeah. it's not gonna be fun. It's yeah. not gonna be fun, friend. And I have I have two snow boots, so we can try. Oh, I got I got my docs. My my docs help get me through. I will say yeah. my platform docs. Honestly, I, I love I love a good doc. A doc yeah. and Birkenstock. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um Ooh, girl, yeah, let's yeah. Get straight let's get into, into Yeah, let's get straight into our one year in corporate America episode. Um we have been wanting to do this episode for a long time, but we just felt like the best time was obviously once we hit one year. Um but this year has definitely been something, to say the very least. Like we're going to try to give you guys as many gems as possible without like dropping too much, obviously, because again, it's still our jobs and we still want to be employed after this, but we're going to try to help you be more prepared than we were when we first started. 
Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, the fact that it's been a year for one is crazy. Cause I remember us talking about starting work and being nervous and like, you know, our first days and stuff. Yeah. Um, I will say like this past year has taught me a lot. And mm-hmm. honestly, I was doing all the research I can. I'm really a, like, before a big event happens, I'm literally Googling everything type of girl. And I feel like, honestly, even if you listen to this episode and you're about to start your corporate life or, you know, your new job, like, nothing can truly prepare you until you're actually going through it yourself. Yep. Honestly. Especially considering each of our companies are different. Like, we're going to give a little bit of background of where we work and stuff if you guys are new here. But, like, even me and Faith are in two different industries. And it's like... There's some similarities, but everything is very unique to where you work. So we want to preface and like give a disclaimer that like these are just our experiences, what we learn, but you guys may work in a completely different environment and it could be night and day to what we're about to talk about. But um, for a little bit of background, um, if you guys are new here, I know we say this in our intro too, but um, I work for L'Oreal. I'm a financial analyst and I started working here technically in summer 21 as an intern. Um, I was a finance intern and I applied to the internship program on a whim because they don't recruit in Las Vegas because at the time they only had an office in New York and New Jersey. Um, And since then, they've now opened an office in L.A. and Florida. But at the time, they didn't recruit on the West Coast. So I just was like cold reaching out to people on LinkedIn and stuff. And luckily for me, like the timing was COVID. So I was able to like intern from Vegas and like be in my room doing an internship versus having to literally move to New York for the summer and do it. So um, that's a little bit of context for me. And my role previously when I first started, um, I basically am in a management trainee program where you spend two years in two different rotations. So my first rotation was in the, the hair care division, professional products. And I was basically working on um, consolidation of all of our net sales. So like all the brands, like I worked in the HQ function. So all the brands, um, all their net sales, I worked on consolidating all those and then um, reporting them at the end of each month too. So that's a little bit of background. That might sound like complete gibberish, especially if you're not a corporate girly. Like I get it. <laughs> but if you are, you might, you know, understand that. But um, yeah, that's me, moms. What about you? Okay. So mine is a little bit longer. Um, so mine all started in COVID. Uh one day I was just sitting in the house during COVID, just wanted to be outside, but I couldn't obviously. And I got a ping from Cisco on Handshake. Handshake is your best friend. I'm not going to hold you. That literally, I'm we're setting up a corporate thing now to reach out to uh, college students and we're using Handshake. So like mm. Handshake is that girl and we really, the companies want you. Okay. Um, yeah. So went through handshake, applied for a mentor mentee position. I didn't even know what it was going to lead to. I just said, I'm bored. And this, this is something I could add to my resume. That's really what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and at the time I want to say I had an internship with, with Northrop Grumman, a, a defense contractor where I coded for satellites, hated, hated, um, coding, ended up switching my major, but I still was doing this mentor mentee position. And I met with this guy, don't know this name. Don't 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 remember this man's name, but he really set me up for success. I need to find him and thank him one of these days because hopefully he's still working there. Anyways, um, he was like, what do you want to do? I said, I think I want to do project management, but like, I'm really not sure. Um, just give me anything you can, basically. Like, I just want to see. I just want my, I want to put my foot in the door at Cisco because Cisco's a freaking good company. Yeah. So went, did that. And he was like, got you an interview. I said, cool. It ended up being in logistics, had no clue. I only had only taken, I don't even think I had taken my supply chain class then. So was in logistics mm-hmm. and I learned about like excess and obsolescence and basically worked on a project to figure out 
we got all of this product that's just chilling in the factories. How do we get it out quicker so that Cisco's not just paying for um, products that aren't being bought anymore? So that mm. was my project. Um, but only four of the, I think, seven seniors could be um, hired. And two of my other, my closest friends were hired, but I wasn't. And it's really a doggy, doggy world. Really, like. Truly. And I'm literally like, we're all in a group chat. I'm like, oh, let me know what if you get a full time offer, like da, 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 da. at least so I can know what the countdown is. How many more spots is there left? You know, right. I went to Paris. I'm still like really like like waiting for the email to see if I'm going to get it because I got really good remarks on my final presentation. My two friends got the role. I had to learn from one of my friends that she she got it through her close friends on Snapchat. She's like moving to North Carolina. I was like. For what exactly? I said, okay, other friend got it. I'm sitting here like, and it was, it was a, um, it was a rotational program. And I believe that that's something I wanted to do. And so I was feeling so bad about myself, whatever. But the lady, the the intern lady said, we're going to keep your name in the, in the drawing. And Mm. if we, if there's anything that we think you're a good fit for, we'll send you interviews. So they ended up sending me one interview. I didn't get that. Sent me another interview. That's what I, I interview with my, my manager now. And the guy who I direct, uh, uh, I, I interviewed with is actually the, the director now. So it was just really cool to see like people, people move all the freaking time. That's a, that's, that's a big thing in corporate. Just the, yeah. the directory is always wrong because somebody's always moving to somewhere else. Anyways, um, got that role. It was my title was business analyst. Didn't know what that meant. Tried to ping my manager. Hey, what can I do to prepare this summer? He's like, have fun. I said, okay. <laughs> Let me have fun. So um, I had fun d- during the summer, started my job August 1st, and turns out I was a demand planner. Had no freaking clue what that was, but it's a really cool role, especially if you're a type A girly. Um, you're basically in charge of the final unit. So you basically talk to sales and marketing. Okay, what's sales saying about certain customers? What's marketing saying with other customers? Coming up with that final number for however many products they tell you to do. I probably work with, and this is another shocking thing. The amount of money they just let you work with. Bro. No, that's that's a big thing we should talk about. I'm not going to hold you. Let's get straight into it. That's number one. The amount of money they let these 22, 21-year-olds start with coming in. Moms, what was the what was the first amount of money you were like you were able to start with? Moms, you know, I I want to say like each month, I think it was like 87 million for local because okay so my role i think i think i realized just hearing you describe i did not describe my role very well i gave i gave like a a description as if someone's in my position already so to break it down a little more like in like simpler terms um basically my position last year what that i just switched new roles now like this past week so um my position last year was basically where in professional hair care we have all these brands right and they report all their daily sales. Um, and I was in charge of basically taking all their daily sales and putting it out to all the rest of the division. So mm-hmm. I would consolidate like, okay, Redkin has this much, Pureology has this much, Mizani has this much. We're going to take all those numbers and I manage like a Power BI dashboard and a couple other like Excel files where I consolidate all that data, put it nice and pretty, make sense of it. I also worked on commentary at some points and worked with like our senior leadership to basically take all the numbers and make sense of them and then give it to our senior leaders and be like, this is what we think we should do next month. Or, okay, this brand isn't doing too well. This is what we think we should do. So my my team was specifically commercial HQ. So we help manage like 
um, working with all the brands, making sure they're hitting their budgets, making sure they're performing well, they have enough money to cover their expenses. Like we kind of work with like the budgeting aspect of things and then also reporting to also the um, like the general managers of each brand who usually lead the brand. Think of them like the internal CEO and letting Mm -hmm. them know like, hey, um, your brand didn't do too well this month. What are we going to do to phase for next month and the rest of the year? Yeah. So think of it like that. Like you're kind of managing what their brand looks like for the rest of the year, what they look like this month, and then what they're going to look like next year also because you help them plan their budgets. Mm-hmm. And I also worked on like trends, which is basically like our like touch points throughout the year to make sure that we're aligned with where we should be. So I yeah. feel like that might be a better explanation. And like my it. current, yeah, my current role now, um, I'm in consumer products. So now I'm working on like Maybelline, Garnier, Essie, Carol's Daughter, those brands. And now I'm working on media. So I'm helping manage all of our media budgets. So basically think of like um, commercials that you see, magazines that you see, um, helping manage basically how much money each brand has to spend on that. So Mm -hmm. we have allocations and I help allocate, okay, Maybelline is going to have this much to spend on this. And media also encompasses like those storefronts that you see so like if you go to walmart and you go to like pull out a maybelline lipstick or something or like a mascara and you see those like plastic displays on the wall that have like pictures of like Gigi hadid trying out a product or something like i'm also now in charge of managing how much it costs to put that up and change throughout the year when we have different product launches i see so that's now my, my role now, I'm not gonna lie, I think media is more aligned with what I'm interested in. So like, I think my role now, I'm gonna have, have a lot more experience, like learning with, like how they basically manage all of that, because I think it's more fun, honestly, than like just taking all the data and spitting it out in a different format. Yeah. Um, so all together, basically millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, for me, a little bit different. Because for me, we I plan at a cost. And then we we see like, okay, how much are we going to sell it for and things like that. But I plan at each product has a standard cost and however many units I put in times that standard cost is roll up, roll it all up. That's how much per quarter I, I'm planning for. So basically I plan it in month one and what I really expect to happen at by the end of month three, because we plan on a quarterly basis. And then we I get judged on what actually happening in month three. And what are we going to do to get that better accuracy? So I'm kind of, I'm judged off of accuracy. Um, And so I started with about 2 million and I was like, we are planning at way too high. So I like, I'm a very pessimistic planner. So I'm like, this isn't going to come in. We haven't seen it come in. So I basically made it down to like 1.5, 1.25. And I was like, I feel comfortable with this actually getting booked. And then um, with my new promotion that I got, I want to say back in July, I definitely should be writing these dates down. That also should be posted on LinkedIn, but that's that's another thing. Um, now I'm at, because I plan for eight quarters per quarter, I'm between 15 to 22 million. And I'm just sitting here like, I make that final decision. Like regardless if marketing's like, we're going to get $30, $30 million deal. Are you though? Like, I really can't see that happening. Like, I really can't see that happening. So, like, a few customers that I worked with in my previous role was, like, AT&T, Government of India, like, very customer-concentrated spaces um, yeah. is how I it's how I plan. Who else? Probably other things, but those are, like, the biggest bookers that I had because it was a smaller space. But now I'm working with bigger spaces. It's, like, Google and Google – when you work with these specific customers, sometimes you can have vendettas against them because of how they're, they are as a customer. 
It's like you're saying on a book one thing, but you actually book this. Like you, like like for me, certain customers in my head are flaky. I'm like you, y'all are literally flaky. Like Sam, like Samsung is another one of them. Like I, I'm not saying these are flaky customers. I'm just throwing them out there, and I I know in my head which ones I have a personal vendetta against because when I hear their names, I'm like. Y'all not about to book what y'all say y'all about to book. Like, y'all are literally liars. Like, I don't know. Why, why don't y'all just tell us the truth? So, and yeah. It's so that's- crazy when you're working with these customers, too, and you know how their, like, operational team is acting, and you like, mm. Yeah. Hmm. And now I shop there, and it's like, dang. Like, I already know how y'all operate, realistically. Yeah. With, with, and, and especially when it comes to, like, contracts, too. Because, like, part of our job, Elise, was like ensuring that we're abiding by all the rules of our contract and our terms of sale. So it's mm-hmm. like, if I look and I'm like, oh, like, why is our contract with that customer that way? And they're like, oh, well, they're a little more high maintenance. Like, oh, I didn't even know that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. It's that's- crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. okay. I feel like, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're getting a little technical. Maybe we okay. should like take a step back and just think about like where we were at for at least this year, what we learned like general wise, like life lessons. Absolutely. Um, I'll go ahead and do that. This first one, um, communicating with your manager every week, communicating what you're doing every single week to your manager is really, really important because like for me, my manager has a little journal that he writes down and I didn't know what he was writing down, but every single time I would say what I'm doing between as, as a demand planner or as somebody in the ERO, which is like an employee resource organization, um, during my talent review, he had all of that on paper. Mm. I said, that's what she was writing. So communicating what you're doing with your to your manager, even if you don't think it's that big, I need you to celebrate yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. Oh, heavy on that. Like literally my manager, I, first of all, I was literally, I kind of took the same approach of what I did in college of like signing up for everything and getting involved in everything. Girl. To the point where my manager told me, you cannot sign up for nothing else. And I realized there was a lot that I was doing that I was like, oh, she probably doesn't need to know about that. Like, I just, you know, it's just something small that I was doing on the side. And it's like, that stuff is very important. And I remember at one point I had, um, I was like moderating our Black History Month panel. And I didn't realize it was going to be a big event like that. Like, I thought it was going to be a small group. And we had about like eight people in L'Oreal on the panel. I think we got 100 to 200 people attending it. And I didn't know it was going to be like a huge thing. So um, my my N plus two, which is like higher than my manager, my manager's manager, he attended, right? And so he was talking about it like, oh, good job, like, you know, doing this. My manager was like, oh, I didn't even know you did that. But since it was a Black History Month thing, I was like, oh, like, I don't want to, you know, like, I just thought it was, you know, just something I did for like the Black History Month thing. Like, it wasn't necessarily my role. Yeah. And he was like, no, I want you to tell me about everything you did. Because mm-hmm. all that matters. Like, if you're getting involved and you're hosting a almost 200-person panel as a first-year MT, like, that's impressive. I want to know about it. So yeah. don't be afraid of, like, bragging on yourself, especially if it comes to, like, I would say, like, DE&I-related things. And you feel like, oh, my manager is, like, maybe not the same race as me. She might not understand or he might not understand. Like, make sure you're still putting all that down because yeah. it matters. And if you're still building your leadership skills, even if it isn't directly related to your work. Like coordinating stuff like that and putting yourself out there like you're making connections with people in other parts of the of the company too like all that matters yeah, yeah. it's it's really really important especially for that talent review like this is what, what this is what I tell my mentees now I'm like the end goal is to make more money correct okay so you better open that mouth up and tell your manager what you got going on because they won't know they'll just see a block on your calendar and be like okay cool she's doing her work 
Like she, they're not going to know. So like, and on top of that, writing down those three things, like for me, and I do type a black girl check-ins. I, I try to do it at the, end, at the beginning of every month, but like write down three to five things that you did for the company. And if it could be qualitative mm-hmm. or quantitative, but if it's qual- quantitative, get, get those screenshots and put it in that one note or whatever you guys use to, to save those notes, because yeah. maybe your manager doesn't write down everything and, and he'll, even my manager sent me an email. What have you done for the company? First three months in, I'm like, I'm glad I was writing stuff down, frick. So yeah. yeah, it's it's really really important. I will say I really I overloaded myself with raising my hand for everything because I was used to how I did it in college, and I felt like I didn't do enough in college because of the pandemic. And I really did burn myself out once I did get more work because in the beginning you're not getting much work, but it's gonna come. Oh, wait it out, babes. Wait it up. My first week, I remember I was still waiting to get access to everything. And I remember being so anxious because I was like, I don't really have that much to do just yet. Like, I'm just waiting for access. Like, I barely got logged into my laptop. I feel like I should be hitting the ground running. Like, I just feel like I wasn't doing much. Just yeah. wait it up, babes. It'll come. Trust it'll me. Come. It'll come. Yeah. Um, on that note, too, um, something that I, I can't remember if this was told to me in a meeting or a mentorship call. I can't remember what it was. But it was that unclear is unkind. And I really took that to heart, especially when it comes to like mentoring someone else or if someone else is teaching you how to do something. If they're being unclear with you on how to do something or you leave the meeting feeling more confused than when you started, that's not that's not a productive meeting. Like mm-hmm. realistically, if someone's teaching you how to do something and you are still confused and you're asking questions and you're still confused and it's that complicated to where you can't even understand it, they need to change their approach of how they're teaching you. And yeah. I think it's very difficult if like you're starting new and like you're like, damn, this is just really not clicking for me. For one, you got into that position, so you're not stupid. You know exactly. what you're doing. You know, yeah. like you can you can grasp difficult and con uh what's the word? Um, complicated concepts. But it's like if someone is not explaining it to you correctly, it low key kind of just throws you in the ringer. So yeah. don't be afraid to tell the person that's training you this isn't working. Is there another way you can explain it to me? Or even asking somebody else to explain it to you. Because if you're working on a task and you don't understand it, all you're doing is slowing down the process of getting the work done. So like, there's been a few times where I've been like, hey, I'm not gonna hold you. I have no clue what you're talking about. And I need you to explain it to me as if I'm literally five, because this is the first time I'm looking at it. And for a lot of people in your company, they might've been working there since literally they were like 22, 23, like 20 years in, you start getting blind to like, the basics once you're that far in you're so advanced yeah. to where you're not thinking about level one you're on like level 20 so mm-hmm. i need to bring it back down to level 20 or train with somebody that is a year or two years ahead of me that way they remember what it's like to be in my position and they're explaining to me like i'm brand spanking new because i literally am yeah so that's another thing too like i think when you are being trained you're expected to understand and grasp everything immediately but sometimes the person training you might not be explaining to you in the most basic way and that can harm you in the end. Like unclear is unkind. Don't yeah. you don't have to tell them they're being unkind to you, but it's like I need you to really like don't take advantage of the fact that I'm new and I just I'm trying to grasp everything. Like I'm a sponge, yes, but I need you to break it down in a way that I'm gonna get it. Yeah. And I, I will say some people, like like Danish said, have been there for a gazillion years and they they can't remember them learning it brand speaking new. So they're like, Well, you should have been known this. But I will say, and this is this is a good reflection of your company if they do enough um en- enough searching to find you the right mentor and they know that they can teach p- 
like the new generation because my mentor, I got really, really blessed. Like he was breaking stuff down to me. He was like, I am the king. He honestly started off. He was like, I am the king of stupid questions. So, you know, ask nothing stupid. And I will say nothing stupid because at the end of the day, you're trying to understand what you need to do because this is your job at the end of the day. If you're confused going in every day, it's going to be miserable, which was honestly probably the first six months of my job. Once I got back from um, freaking Christmas break, though, I said, I actually might know what I'm doing. It's clicking. And I will say that's another thing. It will click eventually. Like you just have to give it time. And especially if this is your first job out of college, it's not even like you're learning the job. You're also just learning corporate. You're learning a whole new world. You're learning how office politics come into play. Like you're absorbing a lot. And it's not just you focusing on your job. Because even now, like me transitioning into my second role at L'Oreal, things are clicking so much easier. And I realize it's because I'm not having that pressure of just learning the company. Like I know the company now, now I'm just applying it into like a new space. So, you know, if you feel like after six to nine months, things are still not clicking, then I think that's the point. You might have to reevaluate if this is for you, if you are in the right area, the right department, like figure that out. Because I think after the six, six month mark is when things, you know, the puzzle pieces start to fit. Absolutely. Because I, I, I went in those first few meetings, they just put you in, they just put on your calendar. I'm literally like, I'm taking notes like, okay, what does that mean? And I will say for me, I once I got kind of got the hang of like the, the meetings, I started writing down, okay, what did he mean by and then put the phrase there? Or if I heard a phrase that felt like really good, and I felt like when I when it was my turn to start presenting, I'd want to use that phrase, I start I'd make a phrase one note and be like, yeah. That based on the actuals, like things like that. And now I actually use those and I'm like, thank the Lord that I was just typing my little fingers away in the beginning. Cause the yeah. amount of notes that I had from the, my first, my first two quarters, ridiculous, but help helpful. Oh my God. And when I tell you write down everything, I'm already a note taker where I will literally write everything down and I don't write it down on a paper. I used to be a paper girl, mm-hmm. but now I'm a one note girl because you yep. can search your notes and that Definitely. literally changed my life. Even if you write down paper in person and then you go and put it into your one note, whatever works best for you, yeah. write down everything. And when I tell you like meetings, take notes, because if there's ever a point that comes up and people are like, oh, we don't know what was talked about during that meeting. Don't worry, babes. July it to you. 7th, 20, 2023, I pulled it up right here. Yeah. 152, he said, like, you don't have to be a, a scribe. But make sure that you are literally like documenting everything you're doing for one and also writing down what you're learning and how you can go back and actually see the progression of your growth too. Because if you feel like thinking of that notebook, the first few day notes is going to look totally different than your one year in notes. Absolutely. Literally, like I had set up like a 30, 60, 90 day goal and it was really cool after the 90 days to see like what I actually accomplished. And, you know, this wasn't on my list, but um, if you have like an accomplishment like list or something after a few months, I will say I really do encourage skip levels. It does seem daunting because you really only interact with your manager. But whoever that like I think you said into for me, it's my director. Reach out to your director and just let them know what you're doing, because they have so many people to oversee mm-hmm. their if they see, especially a new, newer hire, put something on their calendar, they'll make time for it. And you can just talk to them, see them as a person. Understand, seeing these people yeah. as people really does help knock oh. them down a few notches. Because oh my the titles God. were scaring me like, no, tomorrow in the beginning. But my manager said something. He was like, you need to see these people as people and not be scared of titles. And I was like, he's like, at the end of the day, 
they're still people. I was like, you know what? And you know what? At one point, they were literally on your level too. So yeah. literally, that that knocks them down immediately. Like my first thing when I came in, I had like her. I was looking up tips for like first year hires, and they said that on like a website I was reading. And I just walked in. I was like, you know what? They put on their underwear and brush their teeth the same way I did this morning. I'm yeah. not about to let it bog me down or like get scared because I don't want to talk to them. Now, was I nervous? Yes. Yeah. But even speaking to like um some people that were hired from my company, they came back to my manager and were like, hey, that girl has balls because she came up to me and was started talking to me and she's a first year and most people don't do that. So tell her to keep it up. So yeah. like, just know that behavior will be like recognized and don't do it just because you want to get good feedback. Like do it because <laughs> you actually want to, and yeah. you want to like, you know, start breaking outside your comfort zone. And something that was really helpful that was said to me by one of my mentors was that you need to determine in your first year how you want people to talk about you when yep. they talk about you. And this is a really important thing. I think, especially if you're black and you're a woman, do you want to be recognized as just being nice? And my manager said this, I mean, not my manager, my mentor said this, and it really stuck with me because she was like, I'm going to ask you about a few people in our company, so-and-so. How would you describe her? Oh, she's really cool. She's really nice. She was like, really cool, really nice does not get you to higher positions. Mm -hmm. You need to determine, are you going to be um, determined? If someone describes you, are, is she determined? Is she smart? Is she um, pays really, really well attention to detail? Because she asked me two, like, two people that were considered nice and then two people that were like, really about their business and when I thought about them I was like oh she's really on it like I didn't think about nice as the first characteristic not to say you have to be like rude in your in your role yeah. but make sure that when you are being perceived you're being perceived the way that you want to and she yeah. said the best way you can do that honestly is to start feeding that to people when people meet you be like oh you know I'm gonna take a lot of notes don't mind me I just pay really close attention to detail like mm -hmm. mention things like that, things like that, that way that you're already kind of feeding that narrative that you want people to think about you yep. and you don't have to worry about like, I don't know, like, like leaving it up to them, like make sure you take control of that. And mm -hmm. so I really took that to heart. So that way when people came up to me, there's people that would come up to be like, oh, Denasia, I've heard about you. Like so-and-so described you. Like I heard that you do good work. So now I've already fed that. So that way I'm not trying to like a year or two later decide I want to now be recognized as being a hard worker or like someone that's not just nice. And yeah. I'm trying to backtrack and be like, oh, well, like, let me go back. Because it's really hard to undo first impressions. So mm -hmm. like, I just really took the first impressions to heart. And now even on my new team, when I'm meeting people, like the first impression means a lot because it's very yeah. hard to like undo that. Um, so shout out to my mentors. Honestly, really, a really big part of corporate is also finding people you can trust and talk to and that are yeah. not just going to feed you the like corporate in and out message of like, oh, you know do well at the company, work hard, you'll do good things. Like a lot of people kind of give you that base blanket statement or things that like the company wants you to be said. But realistically, if you can find people that can tell you the truth, like, hey, this is how things really work in this company. If you mm -hmm. want to get far, this is what you actually have to do. Yeah. And that you really mean the world. You got to test the waters. Like I, you just got to figure yeah. out how you're going to, how, how you're going to find. Cause for me, it's my, my, my next thing was find at least two get good mentors a successful person close to your age and one a little bit more seasoned because the one closer to your age could be like, it's okay. I felt the exact same way when, when I was in my first two months and this is what you need to do to get to where I'm at. And the little right. one a little bit more seasoned, maybe five to seven years. Heck, even if you're that comfortable with your manager, I, I would prefer, I'm cool with my manager, but I try to find women so that they can understand there's no black woman. And then there's one, 
other than me, underneath my director. But I was like, ah, you're just a little bit too seasoned for us to have really anything in common for real. Like mm-hmm. I, I chopped it up with her, but I was like, I'm not getting no vibes. You got it really. It's really a vibe check. Hell really, vibes. You can and, tell. You can tell when you meet with them. Do you feel like you can talk about your life? Do you feel like you can be honest with them? If something, if you make a mistake, do you feel like you can come to them and discuss it? Yes. That's how I gauge it. If I feel like I can't talk to you about stuff like that, you know off bat that maybe that might not be the type of work relationship that you can turn into more of a mentorship. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like like an older big sister, and like one is in their thirties, and one is in I think their late forties, early fifties, and like. Those are the people that if I'm frustrated, I can set up a one-on-one really quick and be like, I just need to vent. I just need to vent and I, cause I, I know I need to get good work done, but I, I, I just need to talk to somebody that's going to understand, mm-hmm. especially if they know your coworkers or work within your coworkers. They know the personalities of all of them. Like it is honestly very helpful. And also like one of my coworkers is also another demand planner and she is really good at her job. Like, not only are they good people, they're really good at their jobs and they can help you upscale. Very, yeah. very helpful. And they can make sure that if your name is being talked about in a room that you're not in, it's in a good light. Because realistically, yeah. like I I didn't realize that my name was being mentioned in other rooms until my mentor came up to me and was like, hey, by the way, I heard this is not the third. Keep doing your work. You're doing a good job. You're like mm-hmm. people are listening. People are watching. I think that's another thing too, is that people are always watching. Always. Even if, even if you think that you're laying low, or you're under the radar, people are always watching. And if anything, they're, 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 they're taking note about the fact that you're under the radar. Like, yeah. make sure that you are very present and very taking advantage of every opportunity that you can, because that'll show. And a lot of people, once they get more comfortable in their roles, do not do that. I will say, um, and I was trying to, I was trying to remember what you said. You said your mentor said something about, oh, I freaking just forgot it. Something. Oh, not my not my mentor said it, but um, I set up one on ones with everybody when I first started. I wanted to meet with everybody under under them under my VP, and I ended up getting to like forty six percent, and then I just I got tired. I got real tired. But the forty two percent that I that I did do, I met with my inner circle first, who who have the same roles as me, and I asked them questions similar that I so I could get a better feeling of the role because I didn't know what the frick I was doing. Right. I went in and I just said, I'm glad I'm getting paid. That's really what it was. And I'm, I'm, I actually enjoy my role now, but I didn't know what it was going to be. I just, I knew I was working for Cisco and getting money. Um, he basically said, I said, what's one piece of advice you give to a new hire? He said, you need to figure out if you're going to just work for the company or you're actually going to be a Ciscoian. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's what they, that's what we call ourselves. And like Googlers, uh, Googlers, Googlers. Loreolians. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was like, he was like, for me, I take a lot of PTO, but I do really good work. That's what it is. I don't sign up for nothing. I don't do nothing extra. I do my work and I go home. Now, you need to decide if you want to do that or if you want to start signing up for stuff, you want to be engaged, you want to work your way up through the ranks. Like, it's Mm. going to be a little bit harder, but it's just how much do you want to give of yourself to the company? Because I will say a lot of the TikTok girlies were saying, like, once it hits five, that's it. I'm, and then I got here and I'm like, what company are y'all working at? What companies? Just let y'all just leave at five. Like, if the work's not done, we're staying at work. That's another thing I was shocked at. Because mm. all the girls on TikTok was saying, nah, I, I get in at five and I le- get, get in at nine and I leave at five. No, I'll get Ooh. in probably 
I'll get in when I was working in office, I would get in probably at nine. But if it was a busy week, which I didn't know, I thought all weeks were going to be busy. If it's a busy week, if it's a quarter start, whatever, you might not be. I think the latest I ever left was like 11. And that honestly is the realest part about all of this. TikTok will lie to you. And I'm not going to lie. A lot of them girlies on TikTok, I used to be like, what do you actually do? Because the the, the day in my life would be like, first, I'm going to, you know, get some breakfast and then chat with my coworker for an hour. And then we're going to do one hour of emails. Then we're going to do lunch. Then we're going to have a happy hour. Like, it was just, I understand some sometimes jobs are more lax. But yeah. I feel like a lot of them were definitely fabricating it because it was ne- it's never that easy. And realistically... <laughs> you might not have a job after that because now the job is seeing that you really not doing no work all day. You doing maybe two to three hours of actual work. So I realized like very quickly early on that it is not that like I came in my first month was the middle of what we call our trend and budget. Girl, it was a lot. And they were like, you know what? We're kind of just throwing you in the water right now, but it's going to be good because you're going to get to see the full effect of what we do when it's a a busy season. So essentially I started during the busy season. And I will say it did help me in the long run, though, because I learned very quickly how to pick up on things like it really took me from base level, not even not even really knowing Excel that well. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was good with Excel until I got into this role and realized I'm not good at Excel. And I literally had to upskill like within a month of being like base, you know, just basic formulas, even knowing like VLOOKUP, like I knew what a VLOOKUP was, but I could, if you gave me a task, can you do a VLOOKUP on this, on this spreadsheet? I did not know where to start. I was Googling it. Like yep. you really have to realize where you're at and upskill like crazy the first couple months. Yeah. And one of my, one of my coworkers was like, oh, Danasia, like, um, we have one of our interns that needed Excel help. And she's like, oh, Danasia, like, you know, can you help, can you help him out with, you know, some Excel? And I was like, yeah, I got him. And they were like, oh, I'm just going to warn you. Like, he really doesn't know anything about itself. So what did you do to start? Like, when you when you came in, what classes did you take? Or did you take anything on LinkedIn, like LinkedIn Learnings? I was like, I'm not going to hold you. I did not barely know any itself before I started this position. I yeah. knew base level itself, like enough to get me by. Yeah. I do not know enough to be a fully functioning financial analyst where my whole job is itself. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, well, then what did you do? I said, literally the first two months, I was going crazy in itself, like like looking up every formula, learning concatenate, like just figuring out every single hack that I could do because I realized my whole job is going to be in itself. Like I need to work on this. So mm-hmm. I was like literally like on the weekends, like going through spreadsheets, figuring out how to learn them. And mm-hmm. how to how to operate them. So I was like, it literally it takes doing that work on your own sometimes. If you feel like you're not where you're supposed to be, it's gonna be long nights and a few hard weekends. Because realistically, if you want to do well, sometimes not all of that fits between nine to five. And I and I will say for me, my manager, and it also depends on your manager. My manager is big on not work on the weekends, but he is okay with us working late during the weeks like that. Especially if it's a busier yeah. week. Like it's just like go ham during the weeks. And I don't think if I wanted to, I would I would think about working on the weekends, but I never actually did it. I will say I never right. actually did it. Um, I would I would just work on those later weeks and like some roles are cyclical. Like for me, my week ones, week twos, you don't take PTO for real. Like that's unless you absolutely have to. Like that that's just it. But week threes and week fours, hey, take whatever PTO you want. Like obviously there's still yeah. work to be done. But it's not as pressing as week one and week two, especially quarter start week one and week two. You do not take off that. That's just that simple for us. Yeah, see, we have times like that too. Like trends, it's out, babes. Monthly close, 
it's out. Or, or I mean, depending on your, your team. But realistically, it's like, it's not really looked great at. And honestly, like, also figuring out with your team, the team dynamic, also trying to figure out what PTO looks like and what the boundaries are. My yeah. manager did not know I was working on the weekends. Like, I did not tell her. And I remember one time I had gotten up really early, only because I was stressed out about a project. And I know I had to yeah. present that day. So I, like, gotten up early and I was practicing and stuff. And I think I got up at, like, 5 a.m. And I actually sent an email to my N plus two that I saved my drafts. Mm. And he literally pinged me immediately and was like, why are you up at 5 a.m.? Go back to sleep. I don't know what you're doing working, but this we're not doing this. <laughs> I was like, oh. So, but I still continue working because I had things to do. And it's like, realistically, yeah. I'm a perfectionist. I'm going to do, do whatever it takes to make sure it's perfect, especially if I'm mm -hmm. presenting to like our, our CFO. Like, I need to make sure it's good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my, I, my manager probably would not have approved of me doing it. But realistically, that was just my own, like, I could not rest until I knew I had a perfect type of vibe. Yeah. So figure out what your team is comfortable with. They probably don't want you working every single weekend. And I was not working every single weekend, but the weekends where it was harder, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to put in a little bit of extra work because for one, it's going to save me some peace on Monday. Yeah. of not having to go ham as soon as 9am starts. I'd rather wake up feeling relaxed and knowing that I have it under lock rather than. Now that you say it like that, I I have worked a Sunday, a Sunday night or, or a, of seven. I, just, I will just for peace of mind, just so I can go to sleep that Sunday night and not feel like I'm anxious the whole night because I didn't exactly. do enough prep. Exactly. Literally for my peace. I have yeah. to do this. And yeah. I mean, honestly, along with that side, I would also say really try to work on your presentation skills your first year because People give you grace. It's your first year. They're like, oh, she yeah. just started. She literally just graduated college two months ago. Like, give her, give her, give her a second, you know? But I feel like after you hit the second, third year, it's like, all right, you've been had time to practice. Like, I started signing myself up and I told my manager when I first started my role that I wanted to do more presentations because I wanted to just knock it out. And I knew that probably be the most nerve wracking part. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just really strive to do that early on. So I went ahead and volunteered for any presentation they had. Yep. And it was really hard at first, but I will say it gets easier with time. So if you aren't good at public speaking, exposure therapy is what I call it, is really the yeah. way to go. Um, and my biggest presentation, I think, was in January because I presented to our entire division for the CFO. And mm -hmm. literally, my manager was like, I don't know how you how you finesse this one, Tanasia, but you somehow are doing this presentation and I am not even presenting at this town hall. And oh, I was God. like... I was like, okay. And they were kept putting the pressure, like, Danasia, no MT is presented. So you need to deliver. And wow. I literally think I stayed up that entire weekend just like rehearsing. Yeah. And so I said to say, it might be really scary at first because I didn't even know. I was just trying to make sure I knew the content what I was going to talk about. But yep. it says a lot to like the people that are leading you. And if you want to actually, like, kind of what Faith said, take this more of a career rather than just a job having those milestones that you can put on like your resume early on are huge because now my year in review, I'm going to be able to say I presented to our entire division within the first six months of my, of my role. And yeah. that, that alone will help put you on the pedestal of where you want to be versus just kind of being complacent, only doing your nine to five work and not trying to take any other risk outside of that. I will also say like, like for example, Excel wasn't our strong suit, but we did have to unfortunately upscale because that is all up. It's very, it's really Excel or coding. That's oh. really, or, or, or math, but that's also Excel. Like that's really where the money is for the jobs at the moment, unless you're in media and you're a little bit higher, but for entry-level jobs, that's, that's really where the money is at. 
And so I will say, realize what your strong suits are. Maybe mm. before you start, have a sit down with yourself. What am I really good at? What can I really use to work my way up through this company? And for me, it's talking. Really great at talking and make, making people feel comfortable mm. with my teeth. The big smile and the just the it. And if I can make somebody giggle, you're going to remember that versus if I did a good Excel spreadsheet. Because I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> literally that when I tell you my my mentor literally told me that he was like just so you know don't nobody look back at the history of an Excel sheet to see who edited it go 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 start that coffee chat go make that connection go build that relationship with somebody even if you don't directly work with them do that because that's going to mean 10 times more than you just editing an Excel sheet because no one's going to be like oh my god he did such a great formula they might, but it's like, realistically, no one cares that deeply. And it's going to yeah. erode. Like, that does not last. No one's going to know that within a year when all everybody switches teams. So yeah. you need to work on making those relationships, getting involved in those employer resource groups. And that's going to mean a whole lot more. Yeah. And so, like, really sit down with yourself and figure out what your strong suits are. If you're a little bit more of an introvert, what are you good at in Excel or Power BI or Tableau? Like, what are things that you can use to work your way up to the company? And for me, like I said, it's talking and making people feel comfortable. How, how's the kids? How's the dog? Like some st stuff like that. Yeah. I, like I said, setting up those one-on-ones, especially when you don't got no access and all you can do is set up one-on-ones. Use that time to your advantage. Cause now I actually am busy and I'm like, Oh frick, I should be setting up one-on-ones, but I'm just so busy. Like it, using Girl, the sparkle yeah. of new hire in that email. Hey, I'm a new hire. And da, 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 da. and we'll, we'll put a, I'll, I'll make a how to template on um Instagram on how I how I did my one-on-ones through my first year. Cause that I actually, my goal, one of the higher up ladies, one of my, one of my girls, she just switched roles and now she's trying to meet everybody on her VP. Like that's just something I made mm. up because I was like, I need a really intense goal that I could try to strive for. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really, really huge. And like, even my manager's like, I've never heard of anybody trying to do that. Like, I just and love talking. All you got to do is figure out what you can do that other people have not done before. So you can stand out and really make sure that you set yourself apart from everyone else and you, you make it a good first impression your first year. Cause the first year really does matter. Like, yeah. First, first few months, honestly, setting that tone for your entire career mm -hmm. and not to say you can't make mistakes. And, oh, and, and gonna happen. You're going to have mistakes. The amount of times my stomach has been in my ass. Cause I'm like, I definitely messed that up. Yeah. And honestly, when it comes to mistakes, too, while we're on this topic, be honest, be transparent, be honest. Yeah. It's way better to just come forward and be come to your manager and be like, hey, I think I just messed up. I want to be honest about it. What steps can we take to fix it? Does Rather than being like, oh, you know, they won't notice that they're they're all they're going to know. They're always going to know. <laughs> It's never just going to get slipped under the rug. They're always going to know. It's better yeah. that you let them know when you realize you made a mistake and they can be like, okay, what are we going to do? They might be a little irritated, but they can be like, what are we going to do to fix it? And that's way better than them finding out like three months down the line or a year down the line. Oh, so-and-so made this mistake and tried to cover it up. That's way yeah. worse. I'm going to give you a story that I've been telling my mentees because they've just been so stressed about being new hires. Like they've been like, oh my gosh, I don't know this. I'm like, okay. Putting things into perspective is really, really good. And sometimes thinking about other people's downfalls makes you feel better about yourself. So I'm going to give you guys a little tidbit. Haven't told the nature of this because it it really hurt me as a type A need to know words of words of 
not even affirmation, words of accomplishment. Like I see you did a yeah. good job. I'm in this big meeting with the VP and the director. Mine was just two weeks ago. And um, this was one of my first times presenting for my new space, for my new promotion, big money, big dollars, big, big customers. Okay. So um, I had been so focused on these two products that I really didn't focus on the other products because it was just a lot of bombardment during that week two and week one. And I had said that a certain, certain customer was confirmed. And even though the file that, that was sent to us that we should have been checking said that they were pushing in a few quarters. So I said, mm -hmm. we have confirmed like $6 million from the specific company. The director from sales was like, based off the file that we sent, um, they're actually not going to be booking in quarter two. They'll be booking in quarter four. And I was in there like, mind you, my notes had disappeared when I shared my screen. Oh, so that's I was, right. that was the that was the raw dog presentation. And I was just like, oh, thank you so much for that correction. Like, really didn't think much of it. I was just like, I, I hate that I'm being corrected by a higher up right now because I should have known. But also, I was just bombarded by the bigger dog. Right. I was trying to get it done. And so, yeah. So... Um, I had met with my manager and um, he was like, hey, like he pinged me. He was like, hey, like, how did you not know that? And I was like, sorry, like I just didn't I just didn't look like there is no sugarcoating. I didn't look because I was too focused on other things. I'm sorry. It won't happen again. And yeah. I really tried to be focused on a patience to detail, but I couldn't because it was so many other things on the bigger dollars. I just didn't focus on the smaller dollars. I didn't have time. So we have a meeting and I bring it up. I said, hey. I fixed it in the thing. Like it wasn't anything big because it wasn't this current quarter, but it made a huge spike in, a, in another quarter that I tried to uh, explain, but it wasn't explainable. Exactly. So um, I was like, hey, just letting you know, I changed it and it won't happen again. And that it was just on me. It was just on me. I should have been a little bit more. Charge of the game. Literally charge of the game will help you a lot in corporate. And he was like, I... <laughs> This is this is hurting me to say it to relive it. Mom, she said, "Faith, I will say, that was embarrassing." <laughs> I said, "Yeah, I can see how that is because it was our VP, our director, and then directors of other like marketing and sales, and everybody saw the mistake. And if you know, if you're paying attention, you'd see like, oh, maybe she really don't know what you talk about." Like that's what it came oh, off as, but it was, it was, it with context, it was, she, this is, this is her first time working with so many dollars and there was just a lot, but it's not that excuses don't make excuses. Just say it won't happen again. And let's just, I could not, I can't take that level of a statement ever again, literally ever again. And I said, you know what, Sam, that's on me. It will not happen again. And thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. And like, that's what it is. Yeah, it's the best base. way you can handle it. The best way you can do is be like, hey, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen again. And you learn from it. And honestly, if you learn from it and then you don't make it again, that even shows that you took you took the lesson. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I was like, you know, I was really trying to put things in perspective. I was like, you know what? Like, it's not like I, I destroyed a life. Like, I really I really had to bring myself down because my yeah. manager, and the thing is, my manager knows I'm sensitive. So I know that was the nicest way he could have said that. Because it also mm -hmm. looks bad on him because I work under him. And yeah. so, it, and then it looks bad at my director. Like, I was just like, oh, frick. I said, you know what? Charge to the game. Keep it pushing. Let's just try to have oh, a good weekend. Like, that's that's really what it is. But it's go you're going to make mistakes. That's type A girlies. I know we don't want to hear this, but you're going to freaking make mistakes. And it is what it is. But you got to be honest. 
you gotta own up to them. Like, w- like my mistake that I made when I first started that really rocked me and socked me was because um, we basically had like year end entries that we're supposed to make, right? And I had an account with one of our systems that were you supposed to make the entry for month end, right? And this was December, and I had basically been walking through it with my um, like the person that I replaced. Um, he was basically training on how to do it. So the past couple months, like he had basically been doing it with me slash for me because I didn't have access. Yep. And the last month, like I had made the entries. And long story short, I also had an issue with my email because I have an apostrophe in my name, and it would not like register my email as correct. So mm. I made all these entries, and they did not get booked in December. And December was month end slash year end. So these entries were not booked. And I did not realize until like we got back from winter break and I'm looking and I'm like, I did not get any confirmation of any of these booked. And my manager, I was like, listen, can I hop on a call with you? And I'm like, listen, I don't know what happened, but this is not in the system. And she was like, okay, this is not good. Not going to lie. But it's also partially not your fault. Like, it's literally just an entry. Like, we're going to have to make it work. And she was like, we're going to have to send an email to all the brand controllers and tell them they have X amount of money that was not booked. And, you know, we're working with big dollars. So I was like, okay. So that was my first ever I would take accountability on an email and be like, hey, guys, just so you know, um, you don't have this money for next year. Just like, bro, that sucks. And I, I, the thing is that when things like that happen, you want it to be swept under the rug and like nobody talk about it again. But it's like realistically, now we had to have like three meetings after that, discussing how we're gonna bounce back from that money missing. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry. And my, I agree. My manager was also like, you know what? It is what it is. I think also on your managers, and it's stressful for them because they feel like it's a bad reflection on them. Like, oh, you wasn't watching her. You wasn't making sure she had this down. Yeah. So I was really, like, really feeling it because I was like, bro, this makes me look bad. This makes her look bad. But she was like, you know what? Mistakes happen. It's your first three months. Realistically, I should have been, you know, me and me and your predecessor should have been there, like, making sure that the first time you did it on your own was not the most important entry of the year. Yeah. So... And now, now we're good. Like, they, no, like it's not like something that I've been penalized for. It's just like nope. it is what it is. It realistically for big mistakes, even though it might seem big at the moment, will it matter in six months? Will they I bring had it to up? Ask myself, moms. Had to. Will this had matter to. in five years? Will this matter in five years? I don't think it will. If anything, it'll be something you remember as a learning point, but it's not going to literally derail your entire career because you made a mistake. Now mm-hmm. I know that's easier said than done. Because in the moment when I realized the injuries didn't book, I was shitting and throwing up. Yeah. Yeah. Very scary. But uh, honestly, it's not even like these like little small, like, oh, little small mistakes. Like, oh, I I copied everyone on an email. Like, it's not even like that. These are like real life mistakes that you really feel like your career is ending when they're happening. Take it from us that have been in those situations. It will get better. And the best you can do is be honest and take accountability and be like, you know what? That's on me. That's on. That's I literally said that because I was just like, I was stumbling my word and say, you know what? That's on me. It will not happen again. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with my manager, but um, we we didn't hit on a big thing because I know we've been we we've been hitting a, a lot of gems at y'all. Um, oh, but I will say, not everybody is your friend. Take that for what you want it to be. Um, for me, it's figure out those two to three real writers that you can just hit up biweekly or heck even weekly meetings with to catch up and vent. Yeah, need yeah. you need that because not everybody's your friend, and I know people pleasing. And type A are one of the same, but we gotta, we gotta get private. We gotta get we gotta over work on that. We we gotta get private. 
we got to get private ASAP. When I tell you there are certain things about your personal life that your coworkers do not need to know for the simple fact that for one, it's not their business. And two, you don't want that to ever be used against you. And not yep. to say that it be used against you directly in your face. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, I know she has personal things going on at home. Maybe she's not performing as well. Yeah. Like that's never happened to me just yet. Cause I never had anything detrimental in my life. Thank God. Like, like a family member passing away or just even personal things that have happened this past year that people can use for that. And two, I'm just a private girly. So I've been sure of like, what I share and what I don't share, but make sure that if you are sharing your life, that that cannot be used against you in the future. And it sucks that you don't have to talk about that, but it's like, realistically, not everyone is your friend. And if people see you as competition, unfortunately, that kind of works against you in in, in your favor, where people are kind of like looking for reasons to kind of be like, oh, well, she didn't do this right. Oh, well, you know, she might've done all those things right. But I heard like, there's a lot of people that might not be as nice as they seem on the outside. And I will say gauging your team and the culture of your company is also big because like I really had to get my private up when I first started because I was like, I don't know about this team. I don't I don't know what's going on for real. But because my team's culture after going to, to Guadalajara, we it's weird to say it because I really don't like when people say like family and work in the same sentence. But like we definitely left mm. with like as like a bunch of cousins and aunties and uncles. Like, that's how it is. And so sharing, like, like for example, like, my manager has already set the tone. We literally spend 30 minutes on what did everybody do on the weekends. Like, yeah. I don't think, I really think I got really blessed. Not I think. I got really blessed with my team because my manager is just so engaged with us in our personal lives. Like, our mm-hmm. one-on-ones barely be talking about work. How, what you doing this weekend? Right. Oh, I'm drinking this rum. Anybody drank this rum before? Like just, just, you really got to gauge the, the culture. And so after I went to Guad, I definitely kind of let a little bit of walls down because like my, my team is like that. But if you don't got a team like that, keep that mouth shut. And also just write, just know uh, the level of detail you want to go into. How was your weekend? Was it good? Yeah. I, I went, I went to the mall you can go into detail on the stupidest stuff and they really feel like they know you. You don't have to, you don't have to tell your deepest, darkest secrets. You don't have no. to really, you, if you didn't have a good weekend, you don't have to go into why realistically, unless you feel like you have that relationship with that person where you can be open and honest. You really yeah. have to fill out what type of person this is. Is this just a high and buy type of coworker? Or is this a coworker that you can actually like speak more about your life and learn more about who they are as a person outside these corporate walls? Realistically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's hard, You, but you'll, you'll know, trust me, you'll know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's been times where not, this hasn't happened to me directly, but one of my, one of my friends was like, yeah, I was speaking about my experience with my manager and somehow it got back to HR through who I told. And they came back to my manager and was, my manager basically asked me like, oh, are you not happy with how I'm directing you? Mm. Yeah. And that's how they learned not to trust certain people because they got back to their manager. Yeah. And in HR. And I'm not going to hold you. Sometimes HR is not your friend as well. I have never even ran into HR. Like the amount of times you'd be talking about HR, I'd be like, are they just really close? Or the HR? Well, I think, I think it's also because HR, at least on, on our company, has a big deal with like how you move around and your oh. So I like see. like HR plays a really big role in like your rotations and what team you go on next. I see. 
Okay. And we do, we move very frequently. I will say that L'Oreal, you are not in the same role for longer than two, three years. You're they're all. Oh yeah, that's that's same. They encourage movement. They don't want you to stay a lot. Yeah, they want you to move around. So like they play yeah. a pretty big role in that. Um, but yeah, I, I will say that too. Like, figure out who in HR you can also trust. Let's just say that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other things I can think of um, for our last little bit. Yeah. Oh, I, I would also say, like, don't be so pigeonholed into your role also. Like, especially if you work at a big company where you can do a million different things. I've had people at L'Oreal that have had nine lives living here. Like, they started off in finance. Now they're in ops. And now they're in research. Like, they've done a lot. And I would yeah. say, like, really try to meet people outside of your role, too, just to figure out what they do. Like, I there's been so many jobs that I've learned that I didn't even know was real jobs. Like, I yes. met one girl, she literally is in research, and she literally goes and tries out different competitor products to see how they match up to ours. So she would literally oh, wow. go out and buy, like, she's, like, testing mascara as her, her day, day-to-day job. Like, oh, this one works better than this one. We should switch our formula. Like, would never have even known that's a job. Mm-mm. And it's like, you don't know until you ask or you meet these people. Make sure you're trying your best to try to network with other people in different divisions. That way you can see if you want to ever switch your role or you want to be in in supply chain or in finance forever, what could you do? You could yeah. try this. You could do that. Like there's a million different things you can do. That's why those one-on-ones are important. And if you're, during, if you're listening to this during an interview process or whatever, um, I will say I have traveled so much on Cisco's dime. I didn't think this was possible. And closed mouths don't get fed. And for me, I feel like when you're interviewing or even just talking to your manager, how do you got, um, what does travel look like? Like if yeah. I need to travel um, with the ERO, will you guys help pay for that? And, it, and the plans will probably be, it depends on the quarterly budget, quarterly yeah. travel budget, realistically. Not everybody has a big one. Um, thank the Lord I do. But like I have traveled to DC for uh, a, a Howard event. Um, what is it? Guad for a team event or a team camaraderie thing. Well, so I travel Atlanta for a um, ERO conference. Right. North Carolina. They, they, they obviously they paid to, to send me to North Carolina, but I'm also going to North Carolina again for ERO event. Like you can travel. You just got to ask and you have to be in the right rooms to where they're asking you to travel and get budget from your, from your team. Right. So that's huge. And knowing who to go to, too, like, realistically, you should have a contact, hopefully, or know who to talk to. If you're like, oh, there's a trip coming up, who can I ask? Try to do some research, look at them org charts to figure out who you can reach out to and be like, hey, I want to go on this trip. How can I do it? And Mm -hmm. international assignments, too. I spoke on this last episode. I really want to do an international assignment. And I've communicated that with everybody involved. Like, hey, y'all, whenever there's a chance and I'm able to, send me somewhere. Yeah. Huge, yeah. Closed mouths do not get fed. The worst they can say is no. Like, go ahead and ask. Yeah, that that that's a good thing to wrap to honestly wrap it up with. Um, I this has been we hit y'all with a lot. I will say, write these things down because it will. We're the whole point of this podcast is for you guys to not make the same mistakes as us. Yeah, literally, do not. Please don't. Like, we could probably make a whole episode on little small mistakes we've made in corporate. Like. I've probably written them all down somewhere. Yeah. We got them. But it's like, also just don't, don't let your mistakes be the end all be all. Cause you still got to keep on working. 
at the end of the day, don't let your mistakes yeah. be and I'll be all do not let it consume you and make you feel like you're failing at life. Especially if you're a type of girl, it's very easy to take what you do day to day in school and work and make that your whole personality. Mm-hmm. Do not feel like you're a terrible worker or you are not going to be successful because you made a mistake. Yeah. It'll and get better. Ask your manager, what mistakes have you made? They'll probably tell you. I think one person told me they had CC'd like almost half the company on an email or half their division on an email with some bad news and told everybody that it was supposed to be confidential. Mm-hmm. So, and they're still working there. So it's yeah. like, you know, it, 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 it could be it yeah. could be worse but um <laughs> always reach out to us guys also we have that group meet with a networking like section if you have any like corporate questions ask us there or dm us on our type of yeah. black girl page or individually if you have any questions about what we do yeah. anything just make sure you ask and we'll be here but um let's go ahead and quickly do why would you say that on pop culture because we've really been having some long episodes lately so we're trying to yeah. you know keep it under at least 130 but that's um, um okay. okay um i don't know if we're all on the same side of twitter but there's these men posting their height and the amount of baby mamas they have and one of them said six three and two abortion baby mamas so i still throw on the berry and if you're black you know i it's burberry if if you have a baby shower and you're a man and then you're black and you put on Burberry, that's just kind of a rite of passage, realistically. Don't know if we're doing it at my baby shower per se, but the girlies do be by the the guylies do be doing it. So um, I just think abortion baby mamas is just crazy. Like you bought Burberry shorts because you, hmm. it, it, it's in our generation. Uh, yeah, I'm not even gonna hold you. Even wearing the Burberry, like take that off. You're not a great, you're not an uncle. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's real uncle status. That's an uncle store, uncle aunt store. No, literally take that <laughs> off. We will have meatballs in my baby shower, but oh. take the Burberry off it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody um, called, um, somebody called Rod Wave the hood Billie Eilish. <laughs> Bro, I, <laughs> Bro, somebody, literally I'm about to do a Rod Wave one. Somebody said, Rod Wave been depressed forever. Oh my gosh, get it together. And then she said, tough crowd, because he blocked her. <laughs> not even just that. It's like, somebody said, you must not have been through enough. You can't relate to Rod, Rod Wave. Somebody said, thank God. <laughs> no, literally, I, bro, I, I physically can't listen to that man. It's like, he's singing, but he's rapping. And it's like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I can't pay, I can't take him seriously. What did you talk about? Like, I literally cannot listen to him and be serious. I don't think I've ever played a Rod Wave song voluntarily. It's always been against my will. <laughs> uh, speaking of music, bro. So, you know, the Drake and SZA song, they had a collab. It's oh, I heard it. It's like, I, okay. I, 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 SZA carried, but okay. um, somebody quoted and said, they about to be bumping BBLs in the music video. Why would you say that? They actually had a point a little bit. I didn't know Drake was getting like lipo and stuff. Like I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't either. I just thought you know he had a solid body. I had to make. I mean, celebrities get stuff done. Like that's that's just something I know. But lipo? Yeah, I didn't know they even offered that for men like that. Like I think I think you can get like ab transplants. Abs. I, I saw I saw a TikTok about it, and they was like his abs don't look natural. And I looked and I said. 
I never thought about it. Like I never thought about it. Like I wasn't looking at I wasn't looking at that too hard. But yeah, that's crazy. Um, another one. Some random girl. I don't know what her name is. Akbar V. I have never heard this lady's name in my life. She said, "I want to go to Mexico and hang with the cartel. I would love to hang out with them." Ninja emoji, goat emoji, just to learn they Mexican dances and eat that good food. Hard eye emojis times three. Why well, that? You, I can get an Escobar is not having openings. I I don't think that he has listings open for you to go visit. I'm not gonna hold you. Come on, like what in your mind said? Let me put that on the internet because again, internet is forever. Internet's forever, and the cartel has internet. So I just feel like. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that one forgot it forgot about that one um another one some guy posted spend my spend the night kit a travel size of crest 3d white deodorant and a plan b you're prepping for an abortion plan b being plan a is crazy that's supposed to be for accidents not in not the moment accidents not not step I, one i already know what i'm gonna do we already know why we're here, vibes. Already know why we're here. Like what? And then also, where's the soap? Where's the toothbrush? Where's the rag? Where's the lotion? You just, just with the hand. Spin a night bag. No, no bag. Just in the just, night hand, mom. He's holding it like this. And he would have dumped that on her dresser when we get there. Come on, take take them off. Like why you got these on? Like <laughs> they love that's their that's their favorite phrase actually. Bro, speaking of that. Some girl said some dude was over her house trying to pee extra loud so he can so he can sound all big and huncho like trying to pee extra loud and he didn't pooted. <laughs> Denasia, what? What? Why would you say that? Like, I actually know what you said. <laughs> Oh, unserious. It's my it's midday. We can't even blame it on being the Lulu. Okay, no, it's literally one. It's three p.m. Like yeah. Um, if if you guys have heard of Raymonte, like BD Trail, little brother, like y'all, BD Trail, y'all y'all know him. Um, he said, "I'm in a really good mood. I want to buy all McGriddles and hash browns. Drop cash at." He gonna re- he gonna reply to it, talking about some too many comments. I'm done. Better go boil that oatmeal and peel you an orange or something. <laughs> Why even offer? Why? Why even bring it up? Why? Cause what? <laughs> like he is—he's a very unserious man. But what, if we can get him on here, that would be a good giggle. Oh, that'd be a great giggle. I, I don't think we get anything done. Nothing, cause he'd be so Not serious. Hard. Like he's—he'd be like really serious. Oh, he's he gonna take a picture bad. of some some guy who looked like the Facebook CEO talking about some just just met Mark Zuckerberg. Not even Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> in, the, in the airport. <laughs> That's not Mark, baby. <laughs> that honestly might be his first name, but Zuckerberg is definitely not his freaking last name. Oh, oh my what? God. Wait, wait. This one, I forgot I saved this one. Someone said, I remember my cousin sent me home in an Uber because I was so drunk at the bar one night. I took an Uber right back and walked back in the bar and they was all so mad. <laughs> oh, go home. We I'm not going to That's something I would do. Because y'all not about to send me home. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. I bro, okay, this is a little bit more foul than anything, but there was this tweet that said, When did you realize your supposed your supposed friend actually hated you? And so a lady said, On two separate occasions, she wiped something on my top lip un- unprovoked. And it all 
Just immediately no. <laughs> and it always stank. I would gag and she would just laugh. I had no idea what it was or why she did it. Years later, it hit me. This rabid mutt would burst her tonsil stones in her hand and wipe it on me. I didn't even know tonsil stones could burst. What? Imagine putting... (laughs) Like, I'm not going to hold you. That's in the Hall of Fame of why would you say that? Of most disgusting... She said this rabid mutt. I don't even think that's even a description. That's not even, that, that's not even bad. That enough. was very classy of her. Very classy. I'm not going to lie. We, I'd have to track her back down, find her. Because how did I, I want to know how she realized years later it was tonsil stone. That's exactly what I was about to talk about. And how do you burst tonsil stone? What, what does a tonsil stone even look like? Why is it bursting in your mouth? I literally like... <sighs> Yeah, that just grossed me out. I'm not going to hold you. Yeah. yeah. That's more of a why would you do that? Yeah. We haven't had a few. We, we, we've we had a lot of why would you say that? But somebody said, please, where do you find people? Where, where do people find these friends? Gotham City? Well, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. Because it was Winnie the Pooh. Like, like I guess the Winnie the Pooh page posted. Happy, happy 102nd birthday to Winnie the Pooh. Someone quoted it, just old as hell. Winnie the hag. <laughs> Winnie the hag? <laughs> Can he not this age? Gosh. And then people were people were clapping back like, hey, leave Winnie out of this. Who do you think you are? And he was like, I don't know. Winnie had shooters like that. Like, what? Winnie the hag? Talk about you just jealous he can pull off a crop top better than you. Well. He do eat that crop top up. Every time. Winnie the Hag is something that I would just never, like, get over. Because what? Okay, I I, I want to say this is my last one. So this was back in August. I don't I don't think I said it, though. So um, somebody said when he asked for nudes and she said, don't you have a girlfriend? And this was his response. So why do I have to be single to see a natural part of Megan? <laughs> Already off the bat. It's some bull. Like, bro, what did you talk about? Okay, let me get ready for this monologue. So why do I have to be single to see a natural part of the human body? The only thing taboo or wrong about titties is because society made it that way. And nobody knows why men love boobs. Women love boobs. Baby love boobs. Cat love, love boobs. Everybody loves boobs. And think about this. I'm sure you support feminism and women's equal rights. So think about the Free the Nip campaign. It won't take off right away, but this will be one step in the right direction. It, it takes an army to win a war. Off the bat, why do I have to be single to see a part of the human body? Off, off rip, bro. Why are you gaslighting me? The monologue is crazy. It takes an army to win a war? All that work, you might as well just Google something, babes. It's not like we... Internet is free. It's not, bro. I was listening to this podcast. This man said, yeah, we used to to look in Sears catalogs. To find the women that had the nice boobs and the and the bikinis, yeah, that's that's how they would have fun in the Sears catalog. And they said they had a box underground in the woods, and they would all go to that box in the woods and to the Sears catalogs and have a little fest. 
like obviously they were but i could tell when you mentioned woods but (laughs) But besides that it's just like you don't even have to do all that you could literally just google boobies and i promise you can find everything you need google's free babes google's like that, that reminds me, this is this is not on Twitter, but I had watched this comedy podcast or comedy special. Um, and this man was talking about, he basically had a son that was like 17, right? He goes out of town with his wife and the son's at home, like home alone. And the grandparents come visit for that weekend, right? And the the dad had come back the next Monday and saw that they had like all these charges on their direct TV for like, like, like porn movies, like on the TV that were bought. And he was convinced that his son bought them because who else would buy them? And he was just like, he conv- he confronted his son and was like, why are you buying all of this? Like, I see it on my direct TV that you were slick. Like, I literally see that. And his son was like, dad, why would I do that when I know for one, you can see it? And two, the internet is literally free. I'm not watching Girls Go Wild on direct TV channel seven. Why would I do that? And his dad was like, well, who do you think do it? You think, you think grandma and grandpa bought it? Because who else would buy it? And the son was literally damn near in tears trying to tell his dad, I did not buy, why would I do this? Like, I literally am 17, a 17-year-old boy. Why do you think I would ever watch this on on direct, on direct your account, DirecTV? Yeah. And it remained unanswered, but the only other culprits was the grandparents. Multiple charges? Moms, like, bought, like, three movies. One for each day of the weekend? Girl. And I was just like, it makes sense. Honestly, the son, the teenager would not would not buy that. No. Grandparents is getting freaky in they in they master bedroom. Wanna get freaking nasty? Yeah. That's that's more of a why would you do that for the grandparents? Because but then again, if they're older, they probably thought the only option was on TV. So okay. it, it checks out. I'm like, that son is innocent. He is. He he didn't do nothing. He didn't do that- nothing. We don't even watch cable for real. Bro, bro, I barely even use my Hulu account. Like, I literally don't be watching TV these days. So I know for a fact that little boy did not buy that. No. Yeah. Boys are dumb, but not that dumb. Not, yeah, they, they they may be dumb, but they're not stupid. Yeah, you got you got me there. <laughs> I, I think I think between the tonsil stones and the direct TV, that was that was a good way to say that. We, we have been missing out on why would you say that why would you say that yeah. for a minute? No, literally, I feel like that that, that redeemed us for real. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna get into calls from the request line next episode because uh we we got things to do today. But if y'all have any questions, comments, concerns, go to Linktree um and do the anonymous post box. Free suggestion box. We're gonna we gonna get it one day, moms. It's all good. Free suggestion box and give us some questions, give us some concerns, some comments, and um leave we never say this, but leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and leave us a rating on Spotify, as well as follow us on YouTube, and follow us on Instagram, and TikTok. And literally every platform, babe, is besides Snapchat. We got it. Yeah. You, did, you definitely <laughs> did get us there. <laughs> but y'all, we will see you next week. We yeah. it, It's gonna be a week for us. I feel like both of us are gonna be traveling and busy, but we gonna yeah. survive. The, mm-hmm. the RBT next week should be exciting, so. Oh, absolutely. All right, Love y'all. y'all. Bye. Bye.